Patrician Dooley on SAFM. That is the big fat juicy we've just had right now. And I think uh, it's, it's, it's very, very, very pertinent song at this point in time because you are aware that this morning we are in the south coast of KZN. It's beautiful weather. We're seeing sea views and beautiful women who are empowered. And uh, the reason why we're here is because uh, there is a dialogue, uh, the women leading the KZN economy dialogue, which is hosted by the Wazulu Natal Department of Economic Development Conversations with Women CEOs. Gents, you are part of this conversation, but it's the women who are leading this morning and uh, with me in our panel discussion I'm joined by three powerful CEOs uh, Miss uh, Pearl Bengu who's CEO of Itala Development of Finance Corporation good morning good morning good morning Miss and I'm also joined by Ms. Portia Baloyi, who is the CEO at KZN Gaming and Betting Board good morning good morning morning Alongside this beautiful panel, Dr. Tandek Ellison, who is CEO of Moses Godana Institute. Good morning. Greetings, greetings. I am in awe. It hardly ever happens in my radio life that I get to sit with three beautiful and powerful women. And this clearly shows that women in KZN are geared to make a huge change. They are geared to take up the baton and uh, run forward and make economic um, changes. So we are going to be discussing about what KZN is going to be doing to recover from COVID-19, recover from the unrest, recover from the looting, and ensure that things are moving fast and forward. I'm going to start with you, Dr. Ellison. And the reason for this is because you are in research, but not only that, uh, Moses Gordana Institute is one that is really in the forefront of the fourth industrial revolution when it comes to education. How, how has COVID-19 disrupted things for you and the province and the institute at large? Well, um, COVID-19 has disrupted the, inst- uh, well, the province in as far as uh, the manner of doing work, in, a, in the manner of processing work, and the manner of being physically present you know, at work in order to ensure that uh, you deliver your services. So COVID-19 has affected us, well, we can say in a negative way, but in a good way as well, because it has propelled us to live in the in, in the next 20 years where we see ourselves working remotely where we see ourselves um, propelling forward in as far as uh, digitization is concerned and where we operate in a world that we it would have taken us 30 years to get to where we are today but um, COVID-19 has pushed us to just that you know that year so clearly there's a silver lining in every dark cloud and uh, this is our silver there lining. is definitely a silver lining uh, silver lining and um, we are happy that we are here um, but we still need to prepare for the next 50 years which is something that needs to happen now in as far as um, digitization is concerned the fifth industrial revolution because I know that most people are still talking fourth industrial revolution which is so 2019 and already other countries are talking seven industrial revolution you know like australia and so so there's the seventh industrial revolution and patricia is still struggling to you know fidget with her phone and <laughs> uh, but okay I'll, I'll catch up with the with the likes of dr ellison by my side i will definitely catch up i, I want to come to you uh, miss baloi from uh, kzn gaming and betting board as a ceo of a board that has so many regulations 
but also is part of what we we deem as entertainment, what we deem as as tourism attractions. I mean, I, I, when I think of KZN, the amount of beautiful casinos that we have here. COVID-19, the unrest, it has disrupted your industry. So how have you been able to say, let's pull our socks up and let's start again and make sure that people are still compliant? Um, morning again to you and your, your listeners. Uh, very, very true. Um, a lot of people look at um, the gaming and betting only in respect of the casinos. But when you're looking at um, tourism and the opportunities that, that exist, it's also in um, small businesses. Um, it's also in, I think there are bingos as well. There's the horse racing. There is the Mtelebelo, um, the Dandi that took place, um, you know, the horse racing. We also look after that. I mean, that's rural. It's not just um, um, in, in the, the, the beach and, you know. But I think what people also don't understand is that part of the responsibility is also to make sure that people are entertaining themselves responsibly. Um, it's nice to go to a casino, but you know, you don't want to lose your last sense and end up not being able to feed your family given there's a lot of job losses. So we have to um, balance between encouraging tourism and opportunities. At the same time, we have to make sure that people are not losing their last cent. Um, a lot of people have lost their jobs. Uh, so we keep that in mind. But what we also do is we encourage our industry to contribute to um, what we call a black industrialist program, where we're looking at the value chains of the sector, you know, and what can people do there to create opportunities there. And we also are looking at um, our industry. We make them pay what we call a syntax. So we make them um, assist the, um, the communities. There's a lot of CSI programs in respect of how you can help and support and, um, and, and bring the, the KZN, uh, you know, KZN rising, help it rise. And I think that our sector plays a role there. Often forgotten, but um, yes, they, they definitely are playing that role. I'd like us to elaborate a bit more on the CSI that you're doing mm -hmm. and uh, with, with all your partners a bit later on. Uh, right now, uh, Mr. Pelbengu, CEO of Vitala Development Finance Corporation. Now, when it comes to financing and banking, this is, uh, I think, the backbone of economies. Um, financing is, is not just the backbone, but it is the oil that fuels this engine. And in KZN, we are privileged to have Itala Bank, which has been around for many years. I think in the rural communities, this is the first bank people were able to interact with. But clearly COVID-19 has had its toil. The unrest has had its toil. So maybe take us through the recovery plan so that people can have faith in the banking system and faith in what Itala does. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, for Itala, maybe just to emphasize that we are a developmental bank, so we have to balance our social responsibility as well economic development at the same time. So this unrest has really affected us. But I want to say to the people out there, as Itala, for instance, from COVID nineteen, uh, we had a, a very good recovery plan where we we just put away some hundred and ten million uh, to fifty million for women businesses and 50 million for youth businesses and as we were busy with our drive you know our going out to all the other areas just to let them know what is there because um, we want to say to the people even if this is this time of the year or is this time of, of, of the distressed economy so they must still have um, that um, you know confidence in us that we will still give them the money will still be out there for them and we had quite a number of opportunities that we gave to them. 
we had some payment holidays where people were allowed to talk to us, to write to us, and if they qualified, then they, we gave them six months payment holidays, both from our property side as well as our business finance side, because we do own properties as well. We are the second biggest property owner in KZN as, as IDFC. So we have given quite a number of, of other, uh, you know, opportunities of retraining them, giving them an opportunity to give new business plan if they want to diversify our, their business from what they were doing if they want to change because of the opportunities that Moses Kotanesi always spoken about to say, well, now I want to get into digital business, then if they have a viable a business plan, we gave them those opportunities that you can still, we can still help you to get to this business so that we don't, you don't really kill your business. At the same time, I think together with ATIA, there were some grants as well that were given, especially in the township economy now, as we are rolling out uh, from Guamashu and all the other areas in KZN, because we have to cover the whole of KZN. Uh, the people there, this puzzle shop uh, program, which is the biggest program that we have, has started with the grants. And then as people get into their feet, then they'll be able then to, to apply for bigger loans. So we are giving quite a lot in that. You know, when it comes to, to, to money, people will say women love money and yes we love money but women are those who are more marginalized even according to statistics that your male counterpart will still be getting paid more than what you are getting paid so as as Itala developmental bank how are you going to emancipate women how are you going to ensure because you have said that there's there's a huge amount that has been set aside for women but though some of these women especially in our community are in deep rural areas. Some of them are living under oppressive gender-based violence. Some of them don't have the education background, but they've got the know-how. So how are you going to emancipate them so that, because we want money as women. Yes, no, definitely. <laughs> so, no, no, no. We, we reach each and every district. We have uh, some of the programs, uh, like in Bogoto, Yazenzela, where we specifically visit in the whole province, each and every district, uh, women-owned businesses, uh, where we have this competition for all of them. And then we usually, you know, before COVID, we used uh, to have like a hundred of them coming to Durban, you know, for the, for the awards, on the awards day. But, you know, that's just one day. The most important work is done when we visit each and every district and making sure that we tell them about Itala. And when we're there, we don't go alone. We go with our collaborative partners, especially SARS is there, so that they can learn on how, you know, to, to keep their books and make sure that they comply with SARS. And that program, you know, covers the whole program, the whole province. So you find that when you, we, we will definitely invite you when we have our awards, then you will see that you, there are women from the deep rural areas that we, we definitely go, they, they do know each other and we are in touch with them, you know. Even now, uh, when well, during COVID, we have made sure that those that won the competition, we took computers to them and showed them how to get into Zoom and to, and to Teams so that we are able to contact them wherever they are. So we are definitely in contact with everyone and we are more prominent, I must say, in the rural areas. If you look at the bus services, Umlala is the biggest one. You know, they got money from Italy. They paid it, they are growing. And all the other bus um, uh, uh, businesses that are out there in Zululand, 
we do really keep in touch with them and we do visit them. Well, definitely a good thing that uh, Itala Developmental Bank is doing to ensure that women in KZN are emancipated no matter where they find themselves in. And uh, Dr. Tandega Ellison, you know, you spoke of 4IR not being the thing right now, but we're getting there, South African uh, citizens, and <laughs> Australia is talking 7IR. How will women be able to be given the space as we recover KZN, the space to be able to learn, especially because 4IR has a lot to do with a STEM subjects, and we want the girl child to say, as the economy recovers, as we go back to what is going to be our new normal with vaccinations, let education be cool, let the STEMs be cool, open me up to these new uh, technologically advanced careers. How can that be done? Well, first of all, um we believe that women are the, are the backbone of the economy and in order for them to get there we need to skill them and part of the skilling involves digital skilling and digital skilling um, starts from uh, the, the time when the child is born um, up to you know retirement or up to the grave from credit to grave so to speak and as Moses Godana Institute um, we are also in the rural areas establishing the digital centers um, where um, we, women can access them, can access the infrastructure, where we can teach them, where we can train them, you know, in order for them to be able to participate in the economy, um, not just digital economy, but just to learn the skills, you know, to navigate in today's world. If it means you operate your phone, it's, if it means you're able to market your business um, online, digital marketing, and so many other things. We also work with partners um, who are working with the with the children from school, and um, they they teach these children coding and other generally uh, li uh, computer literacy and so many other skills, just to help them to navigate. So when you when you talk about STEM and education, um, it, you, you the point of coordination for that is digital skilling. And KZN has developed a digital um, transformation strategy. And this digital transformation strategy has got so many pillars, but there are priority pillars in that. The first pillar is connectivity, right? Because in order for you to navigate in today's world, you need to be connected, right? So we are trying to get people connected on the ground so that we can be able to uh, facilitate the digital skilling. And digital skilling is the second pillar of digital transformation strategy uh, in KwaZulu-Natal. And um, that is the point of coordination, and that is the point where um, education meets STEM, and STEM being science, technology, education, and ma uh, engineering, and maths. And we believe that if women participate in this or in these skills, they will be able to uh, grow the economy of KwaZulu-Natal. They will be able, for an example, if you think about today, um, think about tourism, for an example, in order for you to market your destination or your venue, um, you need to have digital skills, a skill because how will a person in uh, England know about, about your business? And that means you need to be equipped digitally so that you can market you know your, your your venue or whatever that you are selling so that's it's, it's as simple as that it's practical and that's what women need um, to grow their economy uh, to participate in the digital economy and to be in the world of uh, industrial revolution that is growing well you know when you talk about connectivity we, we can't ignore the fact that infrastructure 
is uh, really <laughs> dwindling when it comes to South Africa. And with the recent unrest, we saw a lot of infrastructure being um, you know, uh, destroyed. And my concern is, as much as we want to digitize education, without infrastructure that is proper, that is set, women, children, and the KZN province in South Africa at large is still going to struggle. I mean, if you want to earmark us on an educational platform um, with, with other countries and you want to be able to join an online session and all of a sudden, Lord Shedding, all of a sudden you are faced with there's no connection with your service provider. This, how can women take their place in, 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 in making sure that we are coming up with ways of infrastructure that can empower us as women, but we are in the forefront. Yeah. So um, if you think about uh, infrastructure, it's not, it, well, it, the issue of connectivity, for an example, has been a, a sore point in the province way beyond um, or before even the unrest in the province started. And um, we have seen the stealing of copper. Uh, we have seen um, the, the fiber being disturbed, you know, uh, the thieves, you know, tampering with that. It's not just that. The issue of infrastructure goes a long way. Uh, when we got to the looting or the unrest, we, we saw, you know, people destroying infrastructure as well. Infrastructure to a point that where they get access to, uh, to these skills uh, to, 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 to sell their, uh, their products, uh, uh, the infrastructure is, is destroyed, they uh, affecting retail and so on. So um, when you think about it, uh, we can say that women have to be in the forefront in the recovery of the province, in driving the recovery of the province, because we have to protect the, the markets. We have to instill investor confidence back into our space. We need to get women to local, localize their products, and that way we know, we know that um, women you know, are at the forefront you know, of localization. Um, so all of these things, um, including um, uh, in development, SMME development, which women participate more in. All of these points uh, are making sure that we grow our economy. But if we talk uh, digital skilling, uh, investor uh, uh, confidence, uh, SMME development, localization of products, protection of infrastructure, we know that women are at the forefront and we need to equip women to be able to um, to, to, to assist us in growing this economy. Well, I can't wait until the day that you go to school and you see the alphabet and phonics uh, board in a little preschool and you hear little girls being, and boys being told A is for apple, B is for broadband, D, you know, uh, C, connectivity, D is, because at the end of the day, that's the age we're living in. So if you are still going to say that C is for cat Definitely. and the child does not know what connectivity is, it's going to be a sure, challenge, right? Sure, sure, So I, I want to come back to you, uh, Ms. Portia Baloy from uh, KZN's uh, Gaming and Betting Board. You mentioned that there's a lot of CSI that is being done by your partners, by the people in the board, um, within the communities where you are, where you are operating. Tell us about these and how these are going to be helping um, impact individuals in the economy. Um, thank you. I think one of the things we do well as women is um, we integrate, we, we work well together. So we have created partnerships through um, our partners, uh, Moses Kotane, Itala, um, Sports and Recreation. And what we do is we identify 
all of the um, the key priorities of government. And we go to our industry. I mean, you go to uh, Sun Coast, for example, and you enjoy it from a tourism perspective and you enjoy the beach. But what we want to see is who will benefit from this. And all of our licensees, I mean, we have Espaya, we have um, some bingo operators. In fact, in every single district, there is a gaming um, um, platform or a, a bookmaking shop or something. So what we make them do is we say, if you are bringing this to the people, what are you giving to the people? And so every single license that we issue, we say you have a um, compulsory social responsibility that we want to see. By the way, we're the regulator. We'll monitor what you do. Um, one of the projects, for example, we were driving was the, um, the gender-based violence where um, we asked the sector to, to raise and, and pledge a couple of million to help um, uh, women and um, and then what we would do is we'd go speak to the other department with its premier's office, with its, the gender office, and also what are your needs? And we facilitate engaging um, the needs versus, um, you know, the desires. We're also working with um, MKI to try and help support this digital um, development. Um, if they are looking to build um, digital hubs, we'll knock on the door of our stakeholders and say, listen, they'd like to build a digital hub. What role can you play? Um, with regard to, I indicated the equine sector, the rural horse racing. It's in many rural districts. There's racing, and people don't even know that it exists. So we have to create the awareness as well as create opportunities for, um, at the Dundee July, there's a women's race now, um, and nicely sponsored by Itala as well and the Sports and Rec. And, and I'll, I'll encourage you to actually go and see what it's like. People know the Durban July, but um, to develop the rural economy, we also have races, um, you know, our own um, intellectual property. These things have been happening without support from the, the former 1994 government, but we're here to, to help them there. What we also do is we build schools. I mean, if you look at government priorities, um, we supported, um, that's the Live Project or building a school. But what we want is don't just build a school, work with people so that um, you can support the students, you can make sure there's proper transport there. And um, on an annual basis, we engage with the industry to say, what have you done? And we actually police them. Uh, they've got targets, and then we say, what can you do? And that's why I encourage that when people need um, things that will support economic development and um, transformation, growth, the 4IR, the digital economy, black industrialization, we encourage those to be supported by our sector. Ladies, I'm going to thank you so very much. It's been a beautiful panel discussion, and clearly KZN is set for economic development. No COVID-19 is going to hold us back. Uh, no unrest is going to hold us back. KZN is definitely rising. This is SAFM, a Jet Set Breakfast. Uh, it's time for us uh, to go to sports with Zaikan. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 106.1 FM in Durban North. Patricia Dooley. We are still live at uh, the south coast of uh, GuazuluNatal. We are being hosted by the GuazuluNatal Department of Economic Development in uh, the woman leading the KZN Economy Dialogue. I am so blessed, so blessed to be sitting in the midst of such beautiful people, overlooking a sea view. The south coast is a place to be. If you are planning your next holiday, please make sure it's in KZN because the entire KZN, from the north all the way to the south, is absolutely beautiful and there's a lot 
for you to do. Remember that uh, we are live and we are making sure that we remind you that KZN is the place to be. Tourism is happening in KZN. KZN is rising like a phoenix. And uh, to talk to us uh, this morning about reviving the tourism and film economies in uh, the times of COVID-19. And as we rise, I'm joined by uh, Sispindi Lemagwagwa, who's the acting CEO of Tourism KZN. Good morning. I'm also joined by uh, Ms. Lindy Weracharebe, who is uh, the CEO of uh, the Chief Albert Lutuli Durban International Convention Centre. Good morning. Morning, Demela. Demela, <laughs> And uh, alongside with Ms. Carol Kutsia, who's CEO of the KZN Film Commission. Good morning, Carol. Morning, Patricia. Ladies, tourism is the industry that has been hit the hardest. We just need to be honest. It's a fact. It's a tourism. It's, it's, it's an industry that we didn't give as much attention, I think, before COVID-19 as we were supposed to, because we didn't realize that we'd end up being here. So it was always that, that little pet that you want to smile with, but you are not really raising this pet vigorously. And COVID-19 said, right. It's time for being vigorous. I'm going to start with you, uh, Ms. Lindy Rajarebe. Conventions closed. Big gatherings closed. Restrictions were hard, even as we are on uh, adjusted lockdown level three. How have you coped? How are you able to say we are still open? We are still able to host your events and give dignity to the international and local market? Patricia, you're right. You know, the... Um tourism industry, especially the convention centers, has been the hardest hit in some of the businesses as well. I think COVID-19 has taught us, though, how do we think out of the box? How do we make, take the challenges and change them into opportunities? So the, the COVID-19 forced us to have restricted numbers in terms of our events. So we quickly then thought, okay, what are we going to do? Hmm. Hybrid events. So we went on to virtual events. We went on to hybrid events. We just had to keep on finding ways. How do we keep the safety of the jobs of the people alive? How do we keep people uh, being able to still put food on the tables of their families? So we had to think, how do we then rethink our businesses here? So we talked to our clients. We talked about postponing the events and not cancelling. Because when you cancel, then you're going to lose your deposit. So we thought about postponing the events, and we started chatting to our clients, negotiated, and we postponed the events. And that helped. And some of them now, in fact, there's a Bio-Africa that normally happens every year. It's one of those big international ones. You have people coming from America, from what have you. Then we decided we're doing those virtually. We started last year. Again, we're doing it this year. So we do hybrid. Those who can come in, small numbers, we'd come into the center, we're keeping the social distancing as we come, and we observe the safety protocols because it's important that we do our events in a safety and responsible way. So for us, safety is a key priority because we don't want to lose any life because of COVID, and it can happen in my house. So for us, that is very important. So we are pushing the hybrid events, we're putting, pushing the virtual events. We had to retrain our coordinators into virtual coordinators, into producers of those events. That has helped us. It's all about taking challenges that we have, changing them into opportunities. 
that's that's what has worked for us. That's so right. it's it's a change of uh, mindset. It's Absolutely. a change of working. It's uh, incorporating fourth industrial revolution to ensure that we continue with tourism. Yeah. This baby is really being you know raised in a fast way. It's like yeah. move from formula, start chewing yeah. meat. This is what's happening in tourism. And in, in terms of uh, the film festival, Carol, we were speaking before this interview that, I mean, two years ago, the film festival I attended, um, you could go to various venues. Um, you, you could interact with artists. Um, you could interact with the actors and the directors. And now that it's gone virtual because of COVID-19, how easy is it to still attract the international market and also to be attractive as Guazulu Natal to the international market? It has been quite a shift and a change, and very similar to what Lindy was saying. I think you really have to just adjust to the circumstances. Um, I think that one opportunity that does go when you go virtual, you can access so many more people. Um, you've got a much broader um, audience than you would typically have had. Um, I think the traveling to South Africa can sometimes be seen in the film space as a lot of time, 10 days in a film festival, whereas now they can spend the critical time of the five days where the markets are taking place, where the business is discussed, um, is quite exciting. But for me, the viewership is really important from the audience development perspective where you're getting so many more eyes on the films than you would have if you'd just been in a cinema, which is a limited number. But it does lack the human interaction and an artistic, you know, the, the filmmaker, for him to have his film up on the big screen is, is his dream. And then to then have that happen and, 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 and not be able to interact and see what the audience's interactions are like, I think that's really missing a big gap. But I think we've really seized that opportunity. We've had two film festivals now, um, in two years in a row, and they've been hugely successful. Uh, great, great responses, fantastic films being produced still. Um, so it's, it's, it really has been a good opportunity for us, and I think we've really turned it around so that uh, South Africa is still seen as a great destination for film production. Yeah, you know, Ms. Um, as the acting CEO of Tourism KZN, your job to raise this baby from a, a baby that has been in the cradle, and now this has to be a baby that is running. I mean, a teenager who's got <laughs> steroids in them so that they run and make sure that no one loses jobs, no one, um, you know, um, loses hope in the province is a great task. So how have you been able to manage to, to, to remind us, especially after the unrest, that this is the warm city, this is mm. the warm province mm. of uh, South Africa. This is the all year round place to be at, whether it's for business, it's for pleasure, it's for film, it's for art. Mm. How have you managed? Patricia, yes, um, you're right. Um, it is an, a sector that has been hardest hit. And so we, when we had the unrest, it was really just, you know, a double blow for us because we were working so hard with tourism trade partners to rebuild the uh, tourism economy um, right across the country, really, because, of course, if a lot of focus has been on domestic markets, but, of course, understanding that we need to keep the South Africa brand al alive internationally. And so our focus has been on us getting off the red lists of international markets, and so the unrest happened. What it has taught us, because the unrest found us already quite um, united as a sector, 
both government and the private sector. So what uh, COVID did, which is positive for the sector, is bring us closer together to work that much more smarter, to come up with innovative programs, particularly around making the destination more affordable, being out there and encouraging South Africans to explore it, while, of course, on the development side, we make sure that uh, developmentally, in terms of infrastructure and, 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 and attracting investment, we get our ducks in a row in time for when um, the world opens up again. So when the unrest happened, we came together already a strong force to say it is very important that we remind South Africans that now that the security agencies are on the ground, things are stabilizing, we need to tell them and allay their fears that it's unsafe to travel to Kaiser and we need to tell them practically that no actually it is safe you know you now can get food supply you can the road networks are working you know you are guaranteed your security you will have if you've been to Kaiser and you will have the amazing experience you used to if it's your first time please do come because not only are we stable but it is just the right you know, thing to do to come to this province because it is affordable, it's family friendly, and we show that in practical packages that we market together uh, with our tourism trade partners using a lot digital uh, marketing because really that's where the world has gone to more stronger with, with COVID being upon us in terms of accessing information. And so we've made it practical for them. And so when there are worries about certain areas not being so safe, um, we work very closely with municipalities to just keep on giving the message that actually you will have an amazing experience in our province. You will not come to a province that feels like it's been a war zone. Unfortunately, not to say that the unrest, we know the impact of the unrest, it did though give an impression of a worse off environment than it is in terms of the destination. And so we went into the mode of saying KZN rising again, which is the campaign that's done by the provincial government, over and above that campaign as the tourist partners, we said, let's, let's run a campaign that, that says safe to travel to KZN. That's simple. Just a simple message to say it is safe. And then let's tell them how and why we say it's safe. And so I think that has really, um, shown very good results because the long, um, women's day, long weekend, whereas when we were at the level of the unrest and when we're looking at projections of our occupancies, we're sitting, we're hovering between 10 to 15%. That's how much the drop in occupancy numbers had gone. By the time we went into that weekend, we had an average of 35%. It's not the best, but from uh, recovering from an unrest, um, and two weeks later, we are able to have 35% occupancies. That really shows the impact of the collaborative work we did. Now, before COVID-19, and uh, when we were trying to make sure that the sector has much coming in, there was a lot happening in uh, KZM Tourism. New airlines were opened up, international destinations. Um, there was work around the Golden Mile, uh, the port for, the, for, for, for cruise liners. And it, it, it was really progressive because we could see this will open up job opportunities but not only that this will open up kzn as a destination of choice for business and for leisure and COVID 19 put a hamper on that is there progress um right now as we are saying kzn rising up absolutely patricia so what um of course um the hamper is really largely the fact that we are not um a welcoming big 
uh, international numbers because of course um of us um and although you do have uh, some 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 key markets like uh, f- uh, France opening up and allowing travel to and from South Africa but uh, there is a, a a campaign that is led by the uh, tourism business council of South Africa and other partners to really assure uh, in our international um uh, countries to open up for South Africa so the the approach is to say while the rest of the world isn't necessarily traveling to the destination uh, for leisure largely because of course business based on cases is allowed let us use this period to rebuild on the ground from an infrastructure and tourism development so the projects you've just cited are ongoing we have what we call the route development uh, committee which tourism case and coaches with dubai trade port which is really um, a committee that has private and, and public sector partners that continues to engage airlines about uh, being open to have direct lendings into King Shark International Airport. So our airlift strategy implementation work still continues even though airlines have pulled out because we do know that by the time the world opens up, everyone will be clamoring to be high up on the list of priorities uh, of the various airlines. And so South Africa shouldn't be lost. Certainly, Durban as the gateway to uh, KZN shouldn't be lost in that conversation. So those conversations and that lobbying work continues. Similarly, from an investment point of view, we have a trade and investment case that we work very closely with in terms of attracting um, uh, investment for tourism specifically. Uh, we work closely with them. We continue engaging investors. Isimangaliso um, uh, Wetland Authority has parcels of land that they will be um, uh, uh, taking out to market for investment so that when you're thinking about your St. Lucia, Sotwana Bay, Kosi Bay areas, by the time things open, you'll have better product offering. As in Velocase and Wildlife as well, has ecotourism products owned by government, and they are looking at a commercialization program to attract investors for your four or five star offerings, which is largely, they largely have a three star products. So we want, when the world opens, our product offering and our experience offering to be globally competitive. So definitely the work is on the ground. Indeed, KZN is rising, tourism is rising, nothing is clogged or closed up. This is the place to be. As we close off, uh, Carol, please uh, just tell us and encourage those within the film industry that the industry in KZN is still very uh, vibrant. Absolutely. Um, KZN is the only province that provides financial incentives to attract productions into the region. And as a result, we've seen a huge upsurge in productions coming, choosing uh, KZN as a destination. We've got amazing locations, diversity of locations. The weather is phenomenal all the way through the year. We've got a great crew that we support. The Film Commission itself can assist you with any of your inquiries that you have coming through into the area. We've had some amazing soapies, your Zalos. Your Mbewus are being shot here in the province, um, which is a self-testament. I mean, it's number one in South Africa. So it really is a production hub. And, and we here, here is the Film Commission to support you and, and really encourage you to bring your productions here. And as we close off, uh, Ms. Lindiwe, uh, how can we ensure that business gets on board and goes along with this new way of going online, hybrid, but still keeping KZN in focus? I truly think people must always have this in mind. KZN is the gateway for Africa, for the world to meet Africa. 
So they must just remember that this is the place to be and this is where they must come. And we must adapt to the new normal. You remember after 9-11, we all got used to getting to the airport, taking off your belt, taking off your shoes. After that, those security measures, and that's what we need to do now. That's the new normal we need to adapt to, being highly, highly aware of our hygiene. So we've got, in, in, in most of those hospitality industries, uh, touchless screens where you can, you know, sanitize your hands. We've got to make sure that people are checked their temperatures. The cleanliness is, is of the utmost importance. Even in our kitchens, I'm sure they're doing it here because we do it in our center as well. We have a buzzer that the chefs knows it goes through every 20 minutes, which means they must quickly go and scrub, clean up the whole place again because we want to make sure that people are safe. So the hygiene is the most important thing. So come to KZN because we're going to make sure that you are looked after, you are safe. So the hygiene is of the utmost importance for us in the hospitality industry. It's the new normal that you're adapting, just like how we adapted after the 9-11. Let's just make sure we get used to checking our temperatures, sanitizing, making sure we have our mask all the time, the whole time, unless you're kissing somebody. The only thing that I worry about is we are preparing for this new normal. I think I'm going to need uh, some therapy because I'm missing the hugs. That's one thing I, I'm not getting now. I'm in truly now, truly. So, but yeah, come to KZN, you'll still get the love. Still lots of love, still lots of warmth. And we are the gateway to Africa. Listen, because I know uh, Ms. Lindula Hareba, I know she's a hugger. I, she doesn't even wait for you to say hi. She's there with the hug. So l virtual hugs, hybrid hugs, but the one thing that is certain, ladies, is that KZN is definitely open for business. KZN is definitely rising. This is the phoenix that Africa needs to look to and make sure that the women of KZN are at the helm doing the work and shining the beacon. Thank you so very much to all of you for joining us this morning. It's a great pleasure having you. Thank you. Thank you so much.